Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Chapter 12, Part 1 of The Tree of Appomattox. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Kenneth Sargent Gagan. The Tree of Appomattox by Joseph A. Altshuler. Chapter 12 In the Cove, Part 1. General Sheridan permitted the Winchester men to rest a long time, or rather, he ordered them to do so. No regiment had distinguished itself more at Cedar Creek or in the previous battles, and it was best for it to lie by a while and recover its physical strength. Strength of spirit had never been lost. It also gave a needed chance to the sixteen slight wounds accumulated by Dick, Pennington, and Warner to heal perfectly. Not something further happened, said Warner, regretfully. I wouldn't have a single honorable scar to take back with me and show in Vermont. I'll have one slight, though honorable scar, <laughs> but I won't be able to show it, said Pennington, also with regret. I trust that it's in the front, Frank, said Dick. It is all right. Don't worry about that. But what about you, Dick? I had hopes of a place on my left arm just above the elbow. A bullet traveling at the rate of a million miles a minute broke the skin there and took a thin flake of flesh with it. But I'm so terribly healthy it healed up without leaving a trace. That is no hope for us, said Werner, sighing. We can never point to the proof of our warlike deeds. You didn't find your cousin among the prisoners. No, nor was he among their fallen whom we buried. Nor any of his friends either. I'm quite sure that he escaped. My intuition tells me so. It's not your intuition at all, said Warner, reprovingly. It's a reasonable opinion formed in your mind by antecedent conditions. Call it intuition, because you don't take the trouble to discover the circumstances that led to its production. It's only lazy minds that fall back upon second sight, mind-reading, and such things. Isn't he the big word man, said Pennington, admiringly. I'll tell you what, George, General Earl is still alive somewhere, and so we're going to send you to talk him to death. They say he's a splendid swearer, one of the greatest that ever lived. But he won't be able to get out a single cuss with you standing before him and spouting the whole unabridged dictionary to him. At least when I talk, I say something, replied Warner sternly. It seems strange to me, Frank Pennington, that your life on the plains where conditions, for the present at least, are hard and permitted you to have so much frivolity in your nature. It's not frivolity, George. It's a gay and bright spirit. In the rays of which you may bask without price, it will do you good. Say, do you know what will be our next duty? No, I don't, and I'm not going to bother about it. I'll leave that to directly to Colonel Winchester and indirectly to General Sheridan. When you rest, put your mind at rest. 
concentration on whatever you are doing is the secret of continued success they were lying on blankets near the foot of a mountain and the time was late october the days were growing cold and the nights colder but a fine big fire was blazing before them and they rejoiced in the warmth and the brightness fed from the flames and the heaps of glowing coals i'll venture this prediction said pennington that our next march is not against an army but against guerrillas they say that up there in the allegheny slade and skelly are doing a lot of harm they may have to be hunted out and the winchester men have the best reputation in the army for that sort of work we earned it by our work against these very fellows in tennessee for which most of the credit is due to sergeant whitley said dick he's a grand trailer and he can lead us with certainty when other regiments can't find the way dick gazed westward beyond the dim blue line of the alleghanies and he knew that he would feel no surprise if pennington's prediction should come true the nest of difficult mountains was a good shelter for outlaws and the winchesters with their sergeant picking up the trail were the very men to hunt them down he knew that too unless the task was begun soon it would prove a supreme test of endurance and there would be dangers in plenty snow would be falling before long on the mountains and they would become a frozen wilderness almost as wild and savage as they were before the white man came but it seemed for a while that the intuition of both dick and pennington had failed they spent many days in the valley trying to catch the evasive mosby and his men although they had little success mosby rangers knew the country thoroughly and made many daring raids although they could not become a serious menace when they returned through winchester from the last of these expeditions the winchester men were wrapped in heavy army cloaks for the wind from the mountains could cut through their uniforms alone dick glancing toward the allegheny saw a ribbon of white above their blue line look fellows the first snow he said i see said warner it snows on just and unjust the unjust beans laid and skelly who are surely up there just before we went out said pennington the news of some fresh and special atrocities of theirs came in i'm thinking the time is near when we'll be sent after them we'll need snowshoes said warner shivering as he looked i can see that the snow is increasing which way is the wind blowing dick toward us and we're likely to get a little of that snow the clouds will blow off the mountains and sprinkle us with flakes in the valley i like winter in peace but not in war said pennington makes campaigning hard it's no fun marching at night in a driving snowstorm or hail but what we can't help we must stand said warner with resignation both predictions the one about the snow and the other concerning the duty that would be assigned to them quickly came to pass before sunset the blue line of the alleghanies was wholly lost in mist and vapor the great flakes began to fall on the camp and the young officers were glad to find refuge in their tents it was not a heavy snowfall where they were but it blew down at intervals all through the night and the next morning it lay upon the ground to the depth of an inch or so then the second part of the prophecy was justified colonel winchester himself around all his staff and heads of companies 
A fine crisp winter morning for us to take a ride, he said cheerfully. General Sheridan has become vexed beyond endurance over the doings of Blade and Skelly, and he has chosen his best band of guerrilla hunters to seek em out in their lairs and annihilate em. Oh, I knew it, groaned Pennington in an undertone to Dick. I was as certain of it as I had read the order already. But aloud, he said, as he saluted, We're glad we're chosen for the honor, sir. I speak for Mr. Mason, Mr. Warner, and myself. Ha <laughs> I'm glad you're thankful, laughed the colonel. A grateful and resolute heart always prepares one for hardships. We'll have plenty of them over there in the high mountains, where the snow lies deep. But we have new horses, furnished especially for this expedition. And Sergeant Whitley and Mr. Shepard will guide us. Sergeant can hear or see anything within a quarter of a mile of him. Mr. Shepard, being a native of the valley, knows also all the mountains that close in it. Young lieutenants were sincerely glad the sergeant and Shepard were to go along, as with them they felt comparatively safe from ambush. Danger to be dreaded where Slade and Skelly were concerned. We agree that General Sheridan was worth ten thousand men, said Warner, and I believe that the Battle of Cedar Creek proved it. Now, if Sheridan is worth ten thousand, the sergeant and Shepard are certainly worth a thousand each. It's a simple algebraic problem, which I could demonstrate to you by the liberal use of X and Y. But in your case, it's not necessary. You must accept my word for it. We'll do it. We'll do it. Say no more, exclaimed Pennington hastily. It was a splendid column of men that rode out from the Union camp, and General Sheridan himself saw them off. Colonel Winchester at their head was a man of fine face and figure and he had never looked more martial. The hardships of war had left no mark upon him. His face was tanned, a deep red by the winds of summer and winter, and although a year or two over forty, he seemed to be several years less. Behind him came Dick Pennington and Warner, hardy and well-knit, who had passed through the most terrible of all schools, three and a half years of incessant war, and who, although youth, were nevertheless stronger and more resourceful than most men. Near them rode the sergeant, happy in his capacity as scout and guide, and welcoming the responsibility that he knew would be his as soon as they reached the mountains. Looming so near and white, he felt as if he were back upon the plains, leading a troop in a great blizzard, and guarding it with eye and ear and all his five senses against Sioux or giant ambush. He was not a mere trainer of a squad of men. He was, in a real sense, a leader of an army. Shepard, the spy, also felt a great uplift of spirits. He was a man of high ideals, whose real nature the people about him were just beginning to learn. He didn't like his trade of a spy, but being aware that he was particularly fitted for it, intense patriotism caused him to accept its duties. Now he felt that most of his work in such a capacity was over. He could freely ride with the other men and fight openly as they did. But if emergency demanded that he renew his secret service, he would do so instantly and without hesitation. Colonel Winchester looked back with pride at his column. Like most of the regiments at that period of the war, it was small. Three hundred sinewy, well-mounted young men who had endured every kind of hardship and who could endure the like again. 
All of them were wrapped in heavy overcoats over their uniforms, and they rode the best of horses, animals that Colonel Winchester had been allowed to choose. The colonel felt so good that he took over his little silver whistle and blew it up in a mellow hunting call. The column broke into a trot, and the snow flew behind the beating hoofs in a long white trail. Spontaneously, the men burst into a cheer, and the cold wind blowing past them merely whipped their blood into high exultation. But as they rode across the valley, Dick could not help feeling some depression over its ruin. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.